for the reading of God's word. This is the reading of the announcement of his coming. Thank you. That was a beautiful song. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us all about. So they hurried off, and there they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at all the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. How's everyone today? Okay, there's like five of you, okay. That's all right. I know some of you probably had a little too much food like I did at Thanksgiving, right? Um, brings back a lot of memories, the Advent season. For some of you, I'm already aware that this is a difficult time. For some of you, there are some loved ones that are not with you this Advent season that even a year or two ago were. And so you've got a lot of emotions coming through, and that's all right. I also know in the life of the church, the church gets really busy during this season. I, I want to say something to you about next Sunday. I've been a pastor long enough with the day school and children's programs to know that that for some of you, would signal I'm not going to show up that day. They won't miss me. I want to commission you right now. If there was ever a Sunday you needed to be here, it's next Sunday. And I want to tell you why. Your job is to be faithful witnesses to the Lord Jesus Christ and to be lovers of this church. There will be more people who do not know Jesus Christ here next Sunday than probably the last 10 or 15 revivals this church has had. So I'm asking you to be the arms 
and the feet and the mouth of Jesus Christ. I'm asking you to be loving even if that's not your normal nature. If you're a normal complainer, I'm asking you not to complain. Wait till the next week when I'm back and complain. There's somebody that needs Jesus that's going to be here next week. And you have the opportunity to greet them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, if there was ever a time you wanted to stay for two services, it would be next week. So that's my very first message. And all God's people said, okay, I didn't think there'd be that many amens there. I, I, uh, next Sunday, I'm going to be with a, a young man by the name of Travis Stamper. We're going to be installing him as a new pastor in Vincennes first. So I'm going to let you know where I'm going to be. But I consider it a privilege to unwrap Christmas with you. And it's kind of the theme that we're, we're choosing at this stage. Um, and uh, I, I just, I know you've been in prayer. I, I know that you're seeking the Lord in this time of transition. I've been very proud of your church board, and we're going to move forward. You may be wondering what next steps are. Uh, we're in the midst of developing a profile of the kind of pastor that we're looking for. We're also developing a profile that a prospective pastor would look at to say, this is who this congregation is. And so we've asked you to be a part of that. And, and the survey, we definitely would like you to uh, fill that out. There will be a time where you'll actually get, and it'll probably be on the 15th, there'll actually be a time where you'll get to see the results of what you as a congregation said you were looking for in regards to the characteristics of a coming pastor. But the biggest thing I would ask you to do is to not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and may God direct our path during this season. And I am thrilled that beginning on January 3rd, uh, Stan and Brenda Lautner are coming, and they're not just going to be here for a Sunday. They're going to be here through the course of a week and really going to be helping us during this transitional period of time. Uh, Reverend Lautner has been, I know, no stranger to you, but he has been a friend and a help to SWID uh, even since he uh, retired. And uh, he most recently was at Valley Mission, did an excellent job there. So I just wanted to let you know that where we're at, where we're heading, uh, again, I'm thankful for your staff that's here. What a wonderful job they did this morning, just getting us ready for Advent. The scripture that my wife read today, it's one we've all heard, I think, before. In fact, if we're not careful, we've heard it so much that we didn't hear it as we needed to today. It talked about joy. I read the, uh, I love the, the reading this morning for the lighting of the Advent candle. The emphasis on hope. And boy, if there was ever a day we needed the hope that can be found in Jesus Christ, it is today. And if there is ever a time that we need the joy that we can find in the good news of Jesus, it is today. Karen Warren, in a book called Choose Joy, because happiness is not enough, says this about joy. She says, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all of the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God 
in every situation. Gotta ask you today, is it possible to experience long-lasting joy in the world in which we live? Or is it like so many of the other emotions that we experience in this world, it is here one moment and then it is gone the next? As I've thought about that, I, I thought if we lived in a perfect world filled with perfect people, it would be easy to have joy. If I lived in a perfect world, and if you lived in a perfect world with perfect people, and we went out shopping during this season, everyone would say, oh, you go first. Can I buy you, can I buy you a donut? It would be amazing what would happen, but we don't live in a perfect world with perfect people. We live in a fallen world with fallen people, and yes, even cruel and unkind people. So how does joy work in, a, in an imperfect world? In fact, how does joy work in an evil world where there is uncertainty and a lack of peace and harmony? Well, God's people, they had been told about one who would come, a Messiah, the anointed one, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited. As a child, during this time, once I got to Thanksgiving, it seemed like the calendar just stopped to get to Christmas. I couldn't wait. But can you imagine waiting not 100 years or 200 years, but over six or 700 years waiting for the one who had been promised? And their world wasn't right. They were looking for something different. They were hoping for joy to come. But Jesus did come. And he is here even now. And so what keeps us from experiencing joy? As I've been thinking about that, I think, first of all, the bad and the evil that we wish did not occur. Now, many of the things, the bad things that have happened to us, we could look in the mirror and say, they're my fault. I caused the bad things that have happened to me. It was a terrible decision. It was a wrong choice that I made. And as a result of that, we have all suffered the consequences of our sins. And we lack joy because of that. But there are some things that we do not bring upon ourselves. There are some things that just seem to happen because of the world in which we live, where bad things can happen to good people. And so can joy happen in our world and in our lives because of the bad things and the evil that seems to exist all around us? I think there's a second thing that keeps us from experiencing joy, and that is that the good that doesn't take place, the great things that you want to see happen, the dreams that you hold, but they never come to fruition, the heart that you hope to see transformed, the prayers that you prayed that never seem to be answered, and yet you turn in the Bible to places like 1 Thessalonians 5.16 that simply says, be joyful always. And you wonder, how in the world can I be joyful? You look at other people and, and you think, if I had their life, I could be joyful. If this was different, then maybe I could be a person of joy. But have you ever had a tough week? Every one of us in this room, we know what it is to have tough days. 
where we don't want to be joyful. We want to be grumpy. We want to be complaining. And so if joy is to be found in the world in which we live, how can we find it? Are we going to wait for a perfect world or perfect circumstances? You see, if joy is going to work this morning, it's got to work in the imperfect world and within perfect people that are all around us. And I have good news for you today. That's exactly what the message of Christmas is all about. God has come to this often ugly and painful world through Jesus Christ. And he has told us that joy can happen here. That joy can happen inside of us. In fact, if there's a gift that you need to unwrap this year, it is the gift of joy. It is the gift of Jesus who has come as Emmanuel, as we just heard sung about today. That God is with us. However, you can choose to be discouraged if you want to. Because there are many things in this world that can and probably should discourage us. You can choose to be an angry person because there are many things to get angry about. You can choose to be a cynical person because there's a lot to be cynical about these days. But Jesus didn't come so you could be angry or filled with hate and hurt. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You may have heard someone say that joy is a choice. And so my question is, how do you choose joy? I mean, is joy something that you've got to work at? Is that the answer? Well, those shepherds, they were out in the fields tending their sheep. Now, you may not know anything about sheep, but my dad, after working 30 years as a, as a, a person working a Caterpillar tractor, retired and went back to the farm where he was raised, and he started raising sheep and cattle. And I got to tell you, when I would go there, and I, I, I was amazed at what my dad knew about the sheep. He, he knew them by name. He knew how old they were. It, it just blew my mind. I said, Dad, one sheep looks like another. He looked at me, and I, I know he thought I was stupid, even though I've got degrees and all those other things. The shepherds that received the news about Jesus being born were the lowest of lows in that society. They were the kind of people that just worked and no one paid any attention to them. Joy? Their job was mundane. Change? Hope? Very little. And so if joy is going to work, I find it amazing that the ones that hear the news first are the ones that we would have probably never included in the story. And yet they've experienced what we need to experience today, joy. You see, if, if your life were a map and the big part of the, of the sign would say, you are here and joy is way over there, what does it take for you to move from where you are today, right now, to where joy can be experienced and lived out every single day of your life? How do you get there? Is it going to be a Hallmark movie? And by the way, I mean, I, it's amazing that they keep coming out with new Hallmark movies every year. Of course, same characters are in them. Some of the same actresses and actors are in there. 
I mean, it's like they only got five ladies that can be on Hallmark and about five guys, and they swap. Oh, well, I'm going to leave that. Okay, I'll throw that away. I want you to know that merely getting close to joy is not enough. If you're going to make it to real joy in an imperfect world with imperfect people, you're going to have to be like the shepherds. David, Dr. David Myers in his research for his book, Pursuit of Happiness, discovered that over a period of 17 years, there were 80,000 research projects done on depression in the United States. During that same period of time, 17 years, there were only 400 research projects on joy. I wanna let you know today that there's somebody in this place what you really need to unwrap today is unwrap the gift of joy. And so I want to very quickly look at four things about the shepherds that I think are important, that I think enabled them to experience joy, that will enable us to experience joy. I think they made four choices, and here's the first one. They chose to hear the good news. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 says simply this, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Have you ever been discouraged and someone communicates with you and they tell you good news? It may be that they text you, that they, they got a passing grade. It may have been that they, they, they communicate, they email you, and they let you know that, that they just got engaged. It could be that they, they, you get a phone call and, and they tell you that they've been promoted. I want to ask you what happens when you hear good news. All of a sudden, your spirits are lifted. The dark cloud that may have been hovering over you is gone. And if that has ever happened to you, which I'm convinced today, it has happened to every one of us in this room, we have somehow gotten good news from someone and it changed our day and it changed our moment. We move maybe from discouragement all of a sudden to hope. I want you to know that the shepherds embraced the good news that Jesus had come. Now I gotta tell you, I know that we live in America and we're sophisticated and we have so much stuff anymore. We are absolutely spoiled. In fact, we, we buy, it was interesting when, when Friday was here, the, the missionary, I don't know if he came to here or not or if you heard him speak, but he talked about how as Americans, we have so much stuff that we buy that we don't need that we then just stick it in our garage and, and we'll never really use it. And then we've got to build a shed and, and, and then we've got to rent storage space for all of the things that we have. And if we haven't figured out in America yet that things don't give us joy, and for some of us, we need to wake up and realize that there is something that can bring us joy, and it's not really a something, it's a someone, it is Jesus Christ. And the good news that day for the shepherds was it wasn't just for them, it was for all people. They're just out there. I, I want you to think about it. They're out there in the middle of the night, they're watching the sheep. Someone, one of the sheep get away and, and they bring him back. It's just a mundane existence. And all of a sudden, the angels appear. 
Could it be that this Christmas, God has a message for you? Could it be that today, God wants you to unwrap a gift, and the gift that you need to unwrap is joy? And you say, what is the good news? That Jesus has come, and that Jesus wants to make a difference in our lives. And maybe you've heard about the first four books of the New Testament, the Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke, and the Gospel of John. The word gospel means good news. And so the, the book of, called Matthew, it's the good news about Jesus that Matthew is telling us about. And, and it's interesting because of the four Gospels, all of them are different. All of them are communicating to different people, different aspects of the life of Jesus. But if you would read the Gospels, you'd discover the good news is Jesus Christ. And he came to tell us that God loves us. In the Gospels, it tells us that forgiveness is possible for the sins that we've committed. That God cares for the struggles that we're going through. And that he can make a difference in the direction of our lives. It's in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. It tells us how good this news is when it says, I'm not ashamed, Paul says, of the good news of Jesus Christ. It is God's powerful method of bringing all who believe basically into eternal life, into heaven. It lets us know that every single person God is invited to live with eternally. And that's why, like next Sunday, you're going to have all the kids up here. And it's not just about having all the kids up here. It's one more time the gospel is being told and it's being shared with people that God loves. People who are discouraged and depressed and people who are ready to end their lives. You see, we have an epidemic happening in America of all places I wouldn't expect it, but we're young people ending their life feeling that there is absolutely no hope for them. And I'm here to tell you this is a gift, the gift of joy that we all need to unwrap. God loves you so much that he, he wants to be in relationship with you. It, it's like he's left a message on your cell phone. He, he's, he's tweeting. He's texting. That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas means that God has called you. And you'd say, well, that's great, Tim. But you don't know my life. You don't know me. You don't know all the bad things that have happened to me. If anyone could have bad luck, I'm that person. And that's great that God loves me, but I don't see anything. I haven't gotten anything from God. My life is filled with problems. Where's the good news in all my problems? James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Dear brothers and sisters, whatever trouble comes your way, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. You see, our joy isn't in our problems, and it isn't in our troubles, but it's not in the avoidance of them. Joy comes because God has come, and he is with us, and he is near, and no matter what you're going through, he will never leave or forsake you. You may think he's left you, but he has not. And that's why joy is not in perfect circumstances. 
And joy is not having this attitude that says, smile and the world will smile with you. I'm going to tell you, you be a joyful person this Advent season, this Christmas season. I'm going to tell you, people are going to pick on you because there are some people that want it to be bah humbug. Joy is not about having perfect circumstances. Rather, joy is applying God's truth and power to our imperfect circumstances in this imperfect world. You see, joy is an attitude of the heart based on a relationship with God and the truth of his word that enables us to maintain a positive attitude and perspective even when the things around us are not as we want them to be. And so joy is a choice you've got to make. And yet there's somebody here who could say, I've lost everything, Tim. Where's the joy in that? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34 says, you even had joy when all that you owned was taken from you because you knew that you had something better and more lasting. You see, if our joy is in the things that we're going to acquire or accumulate or what that special person in your life is going to buy you for Christmas, I'm just going to tell you, sometimes the special people in your life are not going to buy you the right gift. You say, how do I know that? Because... I did that before. The very first Christmas that Cindy and I had together as a married couple, I thought I had the perfect gift. I mean, I thought all of them were perfect. And I had these, these bunny slippers. Only years later did Cindy finally say, you know what, Those, that was like one of the worst gifts you ever gave me. I was so excited when she unwrapped those. I, I, there was jewelry. There was all kinds of things. But these bunny slippers, I just thought they were so cute. Second thing, joy continues when we choose to do what God says. One of the reasons that many people don't have joy today is because they're living a sinful life. God told them to go and find a baby that was laying in a manger. And they found him, and when they did, they found joy. Luke 2.15 says, When the angel left them and went into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Why did they go? Because they believed what God had said, and they did it. They could have said, Well, I don't know if it's true or not. They could have stayed in the fields outside of Bethlehem and wondered for the rest of their lives. And I want to say this to you. You can be outside the fields of Bethlehem in your life today. If you're not going to trust God, if you're not going to do what he tells you to do, you're never going to experience the full joy that he has for you. I want you to know it's never too late to trust God. It's never too late to begin to obey him. Today may be your day to trust him. Today may be your day that you're going to turn from your hurts and your habits and your hang-ups, and you're going to turn to God and say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do this Christmas season. And I guarantee you, you open up your heart and life to that, you'll be doing things. I was thrilled to walk into your gym before the service and just see pictures and a Christmas card for all of your shut-ins. And I started thinking about what that meant about you as a congregation, that you're not just sitting there thinking about yourself, but you're thinking of others. 
and the difference that you can make when you do that. Here's the third thing that the shepherds did. Joy comes when we choose to tell someone else the good news. You know what? It would have been a great thing for the shepherds to experience what they did and just keep the news to themselves. They had the inside scoop, but instead, you know what they did? They started telling everybody what had happened. And I want you to know that joy is meant to be shared. Luke 2.17 says, when they had seen him, the baby Jesus, that is, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They told everyone the good news. And here's the fourth thing that they did. They chose to persevere in an imperfect world. We're not told anything else about the shepherds. They went back into the world in which they lived. They, they, they didn't become rich. They didn't become famous. They, they didn't get contracts. They, they, they didn't start making a tour of all the churches and telling their story of who saw Jesus first and, and all of those things and what it was like. And I know that somebody in this place is experiencing a tough time. And you've, every time I've heard the word, you've heard the word joy, you've thought, yeah, this guy doesn't have a clue. Christmas turns up the volume of everything. And if things go great this season, it, it just kind of amplifies in your life. And it's easy to experience joy and love generosity but when things are bad you've had a recent loss it makes a season a lot worse so how do you find joy in a tough Christmas season Psalm 126 5 says those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy I would tell you, don't be afraid to tell God your hurts. Don't forget that at times joy is a, it's a process. It takes time. Don't pretend that everything is okay in your life or, or in your family. Tell God you're hurt. Let him bring healing to you. But don't, don't be afraid to accept the gift he wants to give us. He is come. He is here. He is with us. No wonder the Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Philippi while he was in prison. And he said, be full of joy in the Lord always. I say it again. Be full of joy. And so Columbus first, show your joy. Your joy is not from within. Your joy comes from the Lord. It is not found in your circumstances. It is found in Him. He wants a relationship with you. In a few moments, you will have the opportunity to receive the elements of the Lord's Supper. I can think of no better way to enter into this Advent season by coming to the table. You do not need to be a member of this local church or the Church of the Nazarene to partake of the elements. All we would simply ask is that you are in a 
right relationship with God. This is an opportunity for all of us to look within ourselves, to ask ourselves, Lord, am I where I need to be? Is there sin in my life that I need to confess and repent of and you cleanse through the shed blood of your son, Jesus Christ? You see, Advent is a season of waiting with eager expectation for the arrival of the Son of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is promised he will return and his kingdom will be a reign of holiness, justice, and peace and will know no end. In his kingdom, there will be plenty for all. Our hearts will no longer ache with sadness, regret, grief, or loneliness, nor will they burn with anger or revenge. We will all love and be loved, and we will dwell in God's renewed world with pure joy and complete delight. And we long for that day because that's not our present experience, for we live in a fallen world with evil all around us. However, in anticipation of that day when the Son of God returns, we do a few things to enjoy a bit of that reality by the power of the Spirit. We gather together to be reminded of God's goodness as we worship and praise Him together. And then we participate in a sacrament called communion or the Lord's Supper. We do this to remember that God sent his son to be the savior of the world. We do this to remember that God saved us at the cross of Jesus. We do this to remind ourselves that we do in this moment is simply a small glimpse of what we'll experience when we will feast with Jesus when he renews all of creation, freeing us totally from the bondage of sin and death. And so today we wait in anticipation and expectation. We have gathered today in hope. So search your heart as you wait. Freely confess your sins to him. Seek reconciliation and forgiveness. In a few moments as you hold the bread, would you say thank you? As you hold the cup, would you consider the price that's been paid for you? Come, Lord Jesus. In a moment, I want to have a word of prayer. And I'm asking those that are going to be serving the elements, if they would, to prepare themselves. And once you have been on the recipient end of these elements, I'm going to ask that you hold them. There will be a time of worship, and following that, I will come, and together we will partake the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he has given and shed for us. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, you and you alone are able to look inside the hearts and minds of your people. But you know us. You know the hurts that have been in our lives. You know whether or not we're just faking it to make it. 
You know the sins that we have committed. You know all. And yet in your love and grace, you have come. And the news so many years ago, Lord, and sheep. And their response was one of joy and the sharing of the good news of Jesus, that he has come. And so, Lord, today we want to make a choice, a very conscious decision to choose joy. For we too recognize that you have sent your Son in the imperfect world with imperfect people. And you sent your Son to ultimately pay the price for our sins that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And now, Lord, as those who are preparing to serve, as they come, Lord, may we prepare our hearts. May we be nourished and strengthened by you. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.